Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony. Thanks for joining me. Happy Friday to all of you who listen in real time. We're going to end our week with a, a happy little ditty by the Kinks called Better Things, released on June 19, 1981. As a single, it eventually appeared on the album Give the People What They Want. Peaked at number 42 in the UK, number 92 in the US. Uh, That was on the Billboard 100 charts. It did peak higher on rock-specific charts, um, but 92 on the Billboard um, Top 200. It is the first appearance of a Kinks single since 1972's Supersonic Rocket Ship. I'll repeat that. It is the first time a kink single charted in the UK since Supersonic Rocket Ship. Are you telling me that between 1972 and 1981, nine years, releasing an album a year, practically, having hits in America, recording some of their finest songs, They didn't have a single other song crack into the UK charts. What was wrong with you people if you were there at the time? Why weren't you listening to these guys on the radio? It's craziness. Um, There's not a ton to talk about with this song. It's just a great song. Uh, It starts with a a little piano introduction, then the guitars and drums kick in, and it's just a straight-ahead 1981 radio-friendly rocker. Um, And that's one thing you can say about the Kinks, is that they were able to adapt their sound, right? So um, Lola, the album Lola, sounds like a rock and roll band from the early 1970s. Low Budget sounds like a rock band from the late 70s. Uh, Better Things sounds like a rock band in the early 80s. They're able to adjust their their sound, their production style, even raise songwriting. Flows with the times. And partially because they're influencing the times, you know, like the punk movement was heavily influenced, the new wave movement was heavily influenced by what Ray had done before. And then so it was not a, a... a disingenuous sound change where you didn't hear these sound changes. I mean, we're talking kinks and Beatles on this podcast. You didn't hear those changes um, in the Beatles. You know, Paul would try to do a more new wavy sound, but it was still Paul McCartney doing his, his idea of new wave, you know, uh, George Harrison, this same year releases uh kind of a synth poppy tune, it still sounds like George Harrison. Oh, wait, that wasn't this year. I'm thinking of a song on Gontrapo this year with the uh, Somewhere in England album. But still, he's got, you know, they, they sounded like they were Beatles doing music with a synthesizer or whatever. The Kinks sound genuinely like a band of their era, no matter what era they're in. And that doesn't mean that, that Ray didn't write songs that were not uh, particularly relevant at the time. You know, She's Bought a Hat Like Princess Marina does not sound like anything um, from its time. But just in general, they made these adaptations easily. 
uh, Dave's guitar tone on this, the way they record the drums, everything about the, the piano tone on the intro, everything about this sounds like a 1980s, 81 radio-friendly rock and roll tune. And it does rock, which is cool. You know, it does not have the the yacht rock that some of their mid-70s uh, albums kind of lean towards. It's more polished than things like from Low Budget. It's just, it's a perfect pop record, if you ask me, uh, Better Things is. Perfect. It was written about his divorce, or his, his upcoming divorce, the end of his second marriage. And when you think about where the song is inspired from, it's even cooler that the lyrics are so uplifting and positive, the melodies uplifting and positive. Um, it's, it's his letter to his future ex-wife saying, um, I know that better things are on their way. Here's wishing you the bluest sky and hoping something better comes tomorrow, hoping all the verses rhyme and the very best of choruses to follow all the doubt and sadness. I know that better things are on their way. It's a nice sentiment. The chords aren't crazy. We've talked about it before. Ray sticks to his majors and minors, but he does them in, and he arranges them in a way that is inventive and distinctly his. Um, it's just a one, two, a three, two, a four, two, a five. So D to F sharp minor to G to A. Um, where it gets cool is the follow all the doubt and sadness. You, whoops. B minor and then a B minor with a B flat underneath it. And then a D with an A on the bottom. And then he jumps to the E. Uh, and then the A, he's got a sus2, a rare occurrence of a suspended chord in a Ray song. But it's the A, that's kind of a uh, almost a nervous tick with guitar players to do that. It's right up there with the D. Those two chords, we do it all the time. But it's a cool little thing. It's got a cool little riff. I mean, everything about this song is is good. It's a cool one to listen to full blast. I'm realizing that as, as I've started this episode, I don't really have much to offer on this one. Um... The chorus, there is a distinct chorus, so that veers off of the last couple episodes we've talked about, although he does do different lyrics. But he switches over to G major. Um, it's really good to see you rocking out and having fun, living like you just begun. And then the second time, I know that you've got a lot of good things happening up ahead. The past is gone. It's all been said. So he changes the words, but the chorus is there. Um, it pretty, pretty pretty plain to see what can i say it's a good song not all these episodes are going to be super insightful obviously because sometimes a good rock and roll song is nothing more than a good rock and roll song the fact that this only hit number 92 in the u.s is kind of surprising because it is a very radio friendly song even for that time and uh Upon its release, I was still a few months away from being born. So, like, I can't speak totally of that, you know, year. 
But in general, this fits along with other album or other songs that I have from that era. You can't tell me that if Elvis Costello or The Pretenders or even Squeeze would have released this exact same tune, that it wouldn't have been a bigger hit. It's an interesting topic. I would love to have somebody who is an expert on the Kinks history, who was around at the time, to come on the podcast and we could talk about their thoughts on why the radio just didn't play the songs. Because how many times we are on episode 20 of this show. So we've done four weeks worth of episodes and and we're only every other episode is a Kinks song. So that's like 10 Kinks songs. And you've probably heard me say 15 times now that a certain song should have been a hit or a bigger hit or be more well-known now. So why was that? Why are there so many songs? There's not a ton of Beatles songs where you're like, oh, we should, more people should know that. I mean, there are a few. There's some deep cuts that deserve more attention. But on the whole, you know, the Beatles had over 20 number one hits and and dozens more that were in the top 10 and then dozens more that were in the top 40. And then plenty that didn't do anything as singles that weren't even released as singles. Like while my guitar gently weeps wasn't a single. And yet it's a beloved iconic song that everybody knows. It gets played on classic rock stations. Why isn't better things played on classic rock stations four times a day? It doesn't make sense. It fits in with the radio programming of any station at the time or now that is programming music uh, from that era. This fits right alongside of it. So it makes no sense. So I would love to talk to somebody. Maybe if you're listening and you were in radio at the time, let me know what what was going on. The Kinks were uh, filling up arenas. They were a headline act in the United States. And this single only gets to 92. It doesn't make sense. If you have thoughts on this song or any songs we've talked about or future songs that we haven't talked about, give me a call, 925-494-1739, or email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. I will include all that stuff in future episodes, and it doesn't have to be positive. Um, You know, we are going to cover all the songs, and I'm trying to split it up with songs I love, songs I'm just, you know, I enjoy, and songs I don't like. You know, we did talk about Wild Honey Pie a week ago. So if there's a song that you absolutely hate and you're passionate about why you don't like it, let me know. We'll uh, we'll include it in the podcast when we talk about that song. As always, swing by iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it this week. Leave us a rating and a review, please. Five stars. Nice review. If you don't like what we're doing here, leave the review on another podcast. Um, and make sure you're subscribed. Follow us at Hero Habit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I think that's it. It's Friday, so I'm not going to talk to you again for a few days. But on Monday, we are talking about um, one of the greatest Beatles guitar riffs ever committed to tape. And a instance that I just said it doesn't happen. This is actually an instance of a song that should be more well-known. It's off of one of their best albums. Um, it's one of their best songs. And a lot of people have never heard it. I'd be willing to bet that gave it away to certain listeners. All right. I will talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. And um, 
All right. I'll see you. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.